Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in today. What a great weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. It's always, uh, I love holiday weekends. I love family. I love eating. I love drinking. I love watching football. Uh, I love uh, getting away from, you know, this for a while, even though I'm always, I've always got my finger on the pulse because I'm collecting uh, information to do Monday's show. Monday shows are always full of it, uh, almost too much. And it's hard for me to really focus in on a single topic like I do throughout the rest of the week, because just so much happens over the weekend. And this weekend was no exception. We had, I took Friday off, of course, Thursday was Thanksgiving. And um, it was uh, uh, just so we have four days, four days of information to to digest and kind of walk through today. <clears throat> I, have, I have a little bit of a cold that I picked up a few days ago. I don't know where, how or why, but uh, getting over that, if uh, if I tap out for a minute, just know that uh, it's because I don't want you to have to listen to me sniffle or cough. And, uh, you know, that's what a cough button is for. So anyhow, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the younger generation and how important I think that is. I'm going to touch on Vivek a little bit. I'm not going to dwell on it for a long time for those of you who are Vivekators. And, you know, if you are Vivekator, maybe this isn't the show for you because I like the guy. I plan on voting for Trump. I've said this multiple times and I will continue to say it that, the two are not mutually exclusive. I can support Trump and still like Vivek. That's okay. And in the end, I'm going to vote for whoever the eventual Republican nominee is. I'm going to. And why? Because that's called adulting. That's what you do. That's the responsible thing to do as an American, as a conservative, as a patriot, is to not sit it out and not go sulk and not go whine just because you didn't get your guy. Just because you didn't get DeSantis, just because you didn't get Trump, just because you didn't get, well, I don't even know who else has a chance. I think, I mean, Trump is going to be the nominee. There's no doubt about that. The question is, will he be on the ballot come the general election? They're already trying to set it up to, oh, well, you know, he may become the nominee, but, you know, we have to take him out. We have to eliminate him. We have to do all kinds of things. They're using very dangerous language when it comes to this. Um so I'm going to run through all of that. There was some football that happened over the weekend. Unfortunately, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, and we suck this year. Uh, Geno Smith showed some promise. It was uh, short-lived. He has his moments. He has his moments. But, man, he just throws interceptions. He turns the ball over with fumbles, and he cannot punch it in the end zone. Fortunately, we have a good kicker. That's the only reason that we've stayed competitive, somewhat competitive. Um, but, man, we just... Uh, it's just not good here in Seattle as far as football goes. I long for the days of 2013 when we had the Legion of Boom. Oh, man, that was a great defense. You know how fun it was to be here? I'm glad. You know, a lot of people will live their entire lives and not experience a championship football team or a dominant championship football team. And, you know, I feel lucky to have to have experienced that. I mean, in 2013, we had one of the best defenses to ever take the field in the NFL. I'm not going to say it's the best. That's obviously arguable. But, uh, man, it was a great thing to behold. What a fun, fun year that was. And I'm, I'm thankful and I'm happy that I got to experience that. I got to experience that. I'm going to talk a little bit about the fact that globalism is alive and well, that um, you understand that it's almost an underlying reality behind everything that deep state politicians say, Republican or Democrat. Okay, this is why this is why Trump 
and Vivek are such a threat to them is that they are political outsiders. I don't know if Trump's not a political outsider anymore, but he was. He's a businessman. Vivek is a businessman. These people approach it from a completely different way. They're untouchable. They already have money. They're not doing it for the money. They've already got lots of that. And they can't be controlled. The establishment hates that, and not just in the United States, but worldwide. I'm going to run through a few things, and we're going to talk about that as well. Um, First, I'd like to start out, as I said, on a positive note. One of the things that the Republican Party has been absolutely horrid at is attracting the youth vote. Now, this election cycle, some of the polls that are coming out are somewhat encouraging, showing that uh, Gen Z and millennials are, in fact, uh, a higher percentage of them looking at an alternate because they see the ones that are thinking clearly, (laughs) the ones that aren't completely brainwashed. They see what's going on with the Democrat Party in the direction that they're going, and that it's not a good direction. I am encouraged all the time by young conservatives out there. They're not always the loudest of voice, but they are there. I've had several on my show. I've had Gen Z people. I've had uh, young millennials on the show where we've talked about, uh, you know, where they're coming from, what they see in their in their demographic and their their age group, and it's encouraging. That's why I have them on the show is to encourage you. And then when I see the only Trumpers bash somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy simply because, oh, he's too polished. He's not experienced enough. He's too young. He took Soros money, which is bullshit. You know, I'm sorry that, you know, being young and articulated, well-educated and successful is a negative thing for becoming president in your mind. I hope you see how ridiculous that sounds. And it's short-sighted. You know, D.C. Drano, man, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but uh, he has really got it real hard on for Vake Ramaswamy, and uh, and he just keeps regurgitating the same lies that are easily disproven. I'm very disappointed in what he's doing because I like a lot of what D.C. puts out. But I tell you, he's been he's full of shit when it comes to Vivek Ramaswamy. He has got his blinders on. He is so Trump-oriented, and then he wonders why they call Trump supporters a cult. Well, if you're not even going to listen to anybody else, and unless it is regurgitated, unless it comes spews out of the mouth of Trump, it's you're not just not going to listen to it. That you know that kind of is that is kind of is cultic. That is kind of cultish behavior for an adult to have. And the idea that we need to capture a younger generation, and that let's say Trump is president in 2024, I hope that he is. I will be voting for him. And I hope that he becomes the president again. What what happens after that? Who's the next man up or woman? Who's the next America first patriot out there? Who's out there that's a political outsider that holds family values, that holds godly values, that holds American constitutional republic values and is willing to go in there and shake up the status quo, besides Trump. Name one. Oh, wait. Send me a message. Drop me a line. Because if you know someone out there that's like that, <clears throat> besides Vivek Ramaswamy, now keep in mind, Vivek is the only guy that Trump does not badmouth. And vice versa, Vivek does not badmouth Trump. So if you don't believe me on Vivek Ramaswamy, Maybe believe Trump, because Trump happens to think pretty highly of the guy. So if all you're doing is worshiping Trump, 
then listen to your God and accept the fact that Vivek is a bright, young, rising star in the America First movement. That's my opinion. And one of the things that he does is not only give us a future post-Trump, he helps bring in the younger demographic. And he's out there talking to young Gen Z kids all the time and younger. Where do the Democrats start? They've been working in the public school system, the public indoctrination centers for decades now. And they've been culling and cultivating and indoctrinating generations of American youth. While the Republicans are old and crusty and they don't talk to the kids all that much. And when they do, because they're so old and crusty, they come off as phony, right? We are in a unique position where we have a, an America first constitutional patriot who is young enough. In fact, he's closer to the Gen Z generation than he is the baby boomers. That's not a bad thing. He's able to communicate with them. That's why he's on TikTok. Yes, we know that TikTok is a bunch of commie BS. I say it in my closing line all the time on all the socials at the Nunnery Report except TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. I might rethink that. I might rethink that position. Why? Because that's where the young people are. That's where the young voters are. That's where you can reach a demographic that's not going to automatically tune in to the Nun Report, not going to automatically tune in to Dan Bongino, not going to automatically tune in to Tucker or any of the other older people. But they might listen to you if you're on TikTok. And they might listen to Vivek. Here's a conversation between Vivek and a nine-year-old boy in a diner. Uh, Vivek is campaigning hard right now. He's doing six or seven events a day. Check it out. It's more like over at like the war side, like Israel. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that stuff? Yeah. Well, here's my view: is we've been in two world wars before. Yeah. With World War One and World War Two, and lots and lots and lots of people died. Russia and Ukraine. Right now. Yeah. So I'm worried that we're closer to World War Three than we've ever been in my life. And I want to make sure that you don't have to be the generation that goes and has to fight that war and take the risk of dying and have a national debt, a debt that you owe somebody falling under your shoulders. We've done that before, and I don't want to do it again. And so there's a lot of things I could tell you, but the one thing I would tell you is I'll keep us out of World War III. And one of the ways we got to do that is we got to make sure the U.S. doesn't depend on China. <laughs> right now we depend on them for, I'm not sure, but probably that shirt you're wearing, yep. if I had to bet, probably came from China. From, oh, that's good. I mean, I mean Brazil. From Brazil. Oh. Well, that, that's good, too. Uh, better than, I mean, the best would be if it came from America, but, yeah. but a lot of it does, and I think that... That's something that we have to change if we're to protect this country. Yes, and then they don't like us very much. And so that's something that I worry about. I mean, that kid's pretty sharp, first of all. I mean, he's like, no, man, this shirt didn't come from China. It came from Brazil. So here's a kid whose parents are raising him, right? He knows where his clothing comes from. He knows it didn't, it's not U.S. made, but it didn't come from China. It came from Brazil. 
And, uh, and you know, that's pretty cool, don't you think? Now, Vivek, he, his time is limited. He is charging hard to try to, you know, to, to hit the first primary coming up. And he's spending time there. Yes, it's a bit of a photo op. Yes, they're taking it on video so he can express his ideas. But he's able to talk to that kid, and that kid is listening. You know, he says, one of the things that Vivek says is that, you know, the Republicans have a hard time getting the younger vote in the younger demographic. And he says, you know, here's a novel idea. Try talking to them. And it really is that simple. Try talking to them. Talk to the younger demographic. Don't give up on them. Don't give up. They're the future of this country. We are not the future of this country. It's up to us to pass the baton. And if all we do is talk to other people in our own demographics, in our own bubble, in our own circle, in our own age group, that's not passing anything. That's not passing anything along. We have a duty as America first patriots as Americans to pass our traditions, to pass our culture, to pass our beliefs on to the future generations that are going to run this country and how this country turns out and how it's run in the future is going to be dependent on who reaches the younger demographic the most. And right now the, the, the Democrats are winning that game. They're winning that game. It's time for us to, to at least talk to them to at least engage, to be in the game. You can't win a game if you don't freaking get on the court or on the field. Right? You can't win a game from the sidelines. If we want America to have a future, if we want to have productive, patriotic, constitutional leaders in the future and a constitutional republic, period, then it's going to be up to those that are younger than us. And uh, and we need to recognize that. And we need to get involved. So I encourage you, don't give up on the younger generation. Get involved. Get in the game. Pass the baton in a way that you can. So anyway, we had, uh, we had Black Friday, of course. You know where everybody spends money that they don't have. Where they where they use where they go someplace to save fifteen percent and charge it to a credit card that has twenty four percent APR. Right? That's what that's what America does. The consumer society. Well, some people they just don't pay anything. They just do this. Now that's a Black Friday deal right there. Look at that. Oh yeah, they're raiding the Nike store. Oh man. That is some sad stuff. I just can't. And then, of course, a lot of cities during this time, this time, a lot of people, you know, they put up their uh, their Christmas decorations right after they go shopping. It's a tradition for some families. They go shopping. They go out to events, maybe a tree lighting. Most large cities have a formal uh, tree lighting. Uh, New York does. Seattle does. Chicago. All the big cities do. And. I mean, a lot of people, they put up their decorations. I put up my decorations a month ago because I love Christmas and I'm going to, I want it to be around. I want the house to be pretty for as long as possible. I'm not taking them down till, till, uh, till Valentine's day either. They're staying up because I love it so much. In fact, you can't, I don't know if you can see it right there. I put a tree up in the studio here. 
It's back there behind me. It's kind of hiding behind the microphone. But uh, but I got the holiday spirit. I got a little bit of garland hanging over here. A little bit of garland. In Seattle at Westlake Mall, they were doing a tree lighting. And, of course, the pro Hamas terrorist simps had to come in and try to ruin it. Because we, Seattle, just like Portland and, and some other cities, but Seattle and Portland, really well known for the, you know, the summer of love in 2020 with our Antifa and our activists that come out and just want to, to, to ruin things for everybody, burn things down, destroy things. We had the autonomous zone up on Capitol here in Seattle where they took over city blocks for weeks and the city just let them do it. Well, we have Westlake Mall here in Seattle. We have a tree lighting. And, of course, those people, the, the, the terrorist Hamas simps came out, and then all the Antifa people joined them because they'll protest anything because that's what they do. They don't, they don't have a life. And they're just angry, angry people who, who hate themselves. But uh, in the end, we did get our tree lit. They, they, did, they did prolong the ceremony. They, they protested. They stopped it from progressing because they don't like anybody to have fun. Right? But they finally did get the tree lit. This was the scene here at Westlake Mall in Seattle. Light the tree, they're saying. These are the, they overrode the Hamas supporters. And then in New York, they had a similar thing. What is wrong with these people, man? I mean, seriously. A bunch of angry, ignorant, arrogant, (laughs) ill-informed, uneducated. I don't know, man. I don't know what these people are. Uh, But they seem to have nothing better to do than to go out and protest things and and try to ruin things for other people. Let's move on a little bit now. So we've covered kind of what happened over the week. We talked about football. We talked about, you know, tree lighting and putting the decorations up. Spending money that people don't have, charging it to credit cards, you know, the American way. Over a trillion dollars in credit card uh, consumer debt, by the way. We've, we've now passed it. A trillion dollars for the first time, ever, highest it's ever been. Most of, well, about half of that accumulated since Biden took office. That's Bidenomics. That's how it's working. That's how good it is. So Romney just can't seem to shut up. And for some reason, there are still news organizations out there that consider his opinion to be somewhat worth something. <clears throat> and this is where we're going to talk about the deep state and the global, the globalism, the move toward globalism, the move toward uh, digital currencies, digital IDs. It's all connected. Right? These people, even though they may not be on exactly the same page and saying the same thing, they have the same ideas, the same deep state underlying the same swamp that they live in. And it doesn't matter whether they're in Canada, whether they're in the United States, whether they're in Ireland, whether they're in New Zealand. They're the same pathetic, controlling, power-hungry, tripping creatures all over the world. Mitt Romney was asked uh, who he would support in the 2024 election, and he says, well, I'd support anybody, including Democrats, except for Trump and Vivek. Now, start off the show with this. Why are Trump and Vivek? Why do they get singled out? Why do they get lumped together? And and those of you that that can't, for some reason, open up your mind enough to accept what Vivek is saying and think, yeah, you know, hey, this guy might, might might be legit. 
maybe not for this election cycle, but for the next. He might be legit. For those of you that just mentally can't go there, why? Why not? Are you that close-minded? Are you, are you an only Trumper, a never-Trumper, a leftist? Do you have that kind of mindset? I don't think there's a lot of difference between those three, honestly, in, in, in behavior and in, in closed-mindedness. But, uh, but there's a reason why they always single out Trump and Vivek. And the, the more popularity that Vivek gains, the more he's going to be attacked because of it. They can't be controlled. They're not part of the state. They're not part of the system. They're not going to play the same game. This was Romney. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans. Maybe not Vivek, but, uh, Vivek. but the others that are running would, would be acceptable to me. And I- uh, Maybe not Vivek. Now, are you just stupid? I don't believe Mitt Romney is stupid. Or... Are you trying to be too smart and you think you know how to pronounce Indian names better than they do? Or did you just not, you just don't care when you didn't do your fucking homework on how to pronounce somebody's name? It's not Vivek. It's Vivek, like cake. That's how, that's what he says. That's what Vivek says. It's Vivek, like cake. All right. But Romney, man, what a, what a. Piece of shit, man. I, I supported him, you know, at the time, though it was the only thing, him and his binders full of women, it was the only thing that we could do at the time, right? Because it was Barack Obama or, again, which ended up happening. Anyway. I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats, too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, Donald Trump. Voting for a Democrat, in Romney's opinion, which, again, I've already said I don't think is worth shit. Voting for a Democrat would be better than a repeat of Donald Trump. So having a communist socialist in office or an empty sack of skin like Biden who has Swiss cheese for brains, that would be better in Romney's opinion than Trump being back in office. Man, he broke people. Trump absolutely broke these people. And, and perhaps also from... Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, look, I like uh, President Biden. Um, you know, I, I find him a very charming, engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but uh, I, I would like to see someone else run. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see someone else run with the Democrats. And I, I would vote for them over Trump or, v- or Vivek or Vivek, however the hell he said it. Totally butchered it. And to think he was running for president, he can't even pronounce somebody's name right. <laughs> man, what a sad, sad man. He needs to go away. I'm glad he's leaving the Senate. Uh, that, I suppose he's probably going to go around and raise millions of dollars for whoever, you know, establishment hacks, old dinosaurs that should, you know, you want things to change in this country? Stop voting for the same dinosaurs year after year after year after year. Get some fresh blood in there. Get people like Vivek in there. Because if you keep <laughs> definition of insanity, keep doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result. It doesn't happen. That's not realistic. It doesn't exist. Right? Chris Christie is out there as well. After he's done with his donuts, he goes out and he does some interviews and bashes Trump. That seems to be his only purpose in this. His only purpose in running for president right now is to bash Donald Trump. He's so butthurt 
that he did not get a position in the Trump administration. That he, he just hasn't gotten over it. He hates Donald Trump. And that's why. That's why he feels disrespected because he didn't get a position in the Trump administration. But there's a reason why he didn't get a position. He is he's worthless. He's a hack. He's deep state. I think he would vote for a Democrat over Donald Trump as well. And this is what he had to say over the weekend. Well, look, when you show intolerance towards uh, everyone, which is what he does, um, you give permission as a leader. Whoa, 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 whoa. This guy is literally running on intolerance. This bag of donuts is literally running on intolerance for Trump and his supporters. And then he gets, has the gall to get up there. Now, CNN, CNN, you know, whatever, to say that it's Trump. No, no, no. It's Trump that's this intolerant. It's Trump that's creating division. And I'm here to point it out by creating division and being intolerant of Trump and all the, all the MAGA supporters. Yeah, piss off, man. All right, here we go. Uh, for others to have their intolerance come out. And so, uh, you know, intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. So does your intolerance toward Donald Trump or towards me because I support Donald Trump or towards the J6 protesters, does your intolerance towards them promote? Dude, you're, you're a big hypocritical POS bag of donuts, man. What the hell are you doing? You know, people are paying. They're putting money into these campaigns. Our system is broken. We need to. We need real campaign finance reform. We need real lobbying reform. We need term limits. But again, these things will never, ever, 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 ever happen. I feel like Winston Churchill. Ever, 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 never, never. He said it seven times. Anyway, these things will never happen as long as you keep electing these old political career. Deep state hacks, both sides of the aisle. And that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, And that's been going on for quite some time, not just with Donald Trump, but with university professors uh, on some of our, our, our most elite campuses in this country, with university administrators and presidents who have been unwilling to stand up against anti Semitism uh, on their campuses, most particularly. And there should be no campus in this country where a Jewish student is afraid to leave their dorm, a Jewish student is afraid to go to their classes, a Jewish student is afraid to go to even have a meal in the dining hall. I mean, that is outrageous. and it's We can agree on that. We can agree on that. See, even I can agree with someone who I vehemently find disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. He is gross, right? Um but listen to him, man. He's he's a total hypocrite. You know, division and intolerance and breeds intolerance. He says that Donald Trump is the cause for intolerance. So, Christy Romney, how about the New Zealand prime minister? Do you think she's a commie, deep state elitist who, who, who has an unquenchable thirst for power and control over, oh, I don't know, everybody? I don't know. What do you think? This week, we launched an initiative alongside companies and nonprofits to help improve research and understanding of how a person's online experiences are curated by automated processes. 
This will also be important in understanding more about mis- and disinformation oh. online, a challenge that we must as leaders address. The old mis- and disinformation as we define it with our ministries of truth. Ireland's got a big ministry of truth as well. We're going to talk about that in a second. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light-touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. So, um, okay. So, the way that you preserve free speech is by restricting and censoring free speech. So if, if you only allow the speech that you approve of, that you agree with, then um, how is that free speech? Uh, uh, maybe I'm crazy. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal but noble? How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? Because it doesn't exist. The science is not settled. Just because you say, just because, you know, it's, it's another money grab. That's all it is. Just like the COVID response and, and the vaccine mandates. It's all just a big money grab. I mean, people need to understand that. And it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't. I don't I don't get it. I mean, it seems rather obvious to me. Well, there's a, a an Irish uh, senator along the same lines here, as long as we're talking about globalism and censorship and rules for thee and not for me. As long as we're talking about restriction of free speech and the government deciding what's true and what is not, what you are allowed to hear and what you are not, what you are exposed to and what you are not. We may as well touch base with Ireland because there's some stuff going on in Ireland this past this past weekend, if you haven't heard. They have a migrant crisis. Little girl was stabbed. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But first, first, we have this from the, I think it's the Senate floor. I don't know what it's called over there. But anyway, from one of their leading politicians, we have this from Ireland. Check it out. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout oh, the our common good, yeah. yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace. All legislation restricts rights. Low, you got to pay attention to that first line. Everyone, I mean, you like to you like to say, "Oh, for the common good," and that's a that's a bunch of bullshit. That's a huge communist line of crap, is what it is. But the more focus on that is that she believes, as do many. Politicians here in the United States on both sides of the aisle. That all legislation is there to restrict your rights. 
See, they're not there to represent you. They're not there to defend the Constitution, you know, the oath that they swore to do. No, no. They believe that all legislation is to restrict your rights. As they secure their their control, as they round their wagons and become more connected globally toward the end goal of having a two-class system, the haves and the have-nots, by reducing everybody to the lowest common denominator in their society, that's what socialism and communism does, that's their goal. We have one north of the border here as well. And I'm showing all these examples and talking about this so much because this is a huge threat. Not just to the United States, but to freedom worldwide. This is the greatest threat to our democracy. No, I'm not going to say that shit. But uh, Justin Trudeau had this to say. Check it out. Um, Canada has been one of those countries that has been the most steadfast with Ukraine. In my many conversations with Ursula about the sanctions we've brought in together, the military support, the financial support that we've had over the years, every step of the way, I've stood up and said, Canada will be there with everything it takes for as long as it takes to support Ukraine. And I've actually boasted to her and to others that it's not a political debate in Canada. All parties in Canada stand with Ukraine. So it is particularly troubling to see, even though we are seeing a rise of right-wing rhetoric in the United States with MAGA conservatives, uh, across Europe in certain corners of right-wing politicians and parties starting to pull their support for Ukraine, starting to parrot Russian disinformation and misinformation and propaganda. Russian disinformation and misinformation and propaganda. These are the key words. These are the catchphrases. These are the words that they've decided. Climate change instead of global warming. Misinformation and disinformation instead of lies and propaganda. These are the words they've chosen. And it's not just here. You heard the New Zealand prime minister say it. You're listening to the Canadian prime minister say it. You've heard the current administration here in the United States say it. You heard the the senator there in Ireland say it. They believe that they and they alone can decide. You know what? Uh, again, what we what we what we're exposed to, what we know, what we hear. Um, anyway, so we're going to move on from that. I do want to. Uh, to talk about President Biden because, well, he's the president. Actually, I don't want to talk about him, but I have to. I have to say this on him. He came out and claimed credit for basically the Abraham Accords and bringing peace to the Middle East. The reason that Hamas, now he can't prove this. I'm going to show you the video. He can't prove what he's about to say, but he's going to say it anyway. In other words, I'm going to lie and tell you whatever I want to tell you without any proof whatsoever. He basically says that the reason Hamas decided to attack when they were is because he was very close to bringing peace and harmony to the Middle East and bringing the Saudis in and everybody in to, to embrace Israel. 
That's why Hamas attacked when they did. Sounds like he's taking a book out of Jared Kushner and Donald Trump's playbook, taking a page out of their playbook. Listen to this piece. <laughs> what a shyster, man. Check it out. I'm hearing a lot, but I'm not going to speak to it right now. There's an overwhelming desire on the part of the region to let me back up. I'm, I cannot prove what I'm about to say, but I believe one of the reasons why Hamas struck when they did was they knew that I was working very closely with the Saudis and others in the region to bring peace to the region by having recognition of Israel and Israel's right to exist. You may recall when we did the G20 about a little while ago, I was able to get a resolution, a, a, a statement passed through there saying we're going to build a railroad from Riyadh all the way through the Middle East into, into Saudi Arabia, Israel, et cetera. And all That's the what China's Europe. doing. Not the, not the railroad, but it would be an underground pipeline and then railroad. The whole idea is there's overwhelming interest, and I think most Arabs. <laughs> now, I can't prove what I'm about to say. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's because of me that Hamas attacked when they did. So what do you say, Joe? It's your fault? I would agree with you on that, that it is your fault that Hamas attacked Israel. We're on the same page there. Now, as to, to why it's your fault, I guess we could debate that. Some of the Democrats will come out and say, oh, imagine if Donald Trump were president when this was happening. We'd be looking at World War III. They're bringing out the same fucking talking points they had in 2016. They're going to rinse and repeat. If Trump's elected, he's going to cause World War III. If Trump were president right now, there would be World War III. Trump was the only president in decades to not have any new conflicts whatsoever. But they're going to march him out there and they're going to say, man, if Trump was president, you watch. The closer we get to the election cycle, especially after Trump is the nominee, they're going to say, they're going to start really pressing that point. If Trump is going to bring global chaos, Trump is going to cause World War III, Trump is going to do this and that. They're hysterical. They have TDS. Some people have premature cases of VDS. That'd be Vivek derangement syndrome. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of syndromes going around. A lot of politically transmitted diseases. So, try not to expose yourself to one. Practice safe politics and all that good stuff. Donald Trump went to a football game, the Iron, the Iron Bowl, this this weekend. Football, especially college football, on Thanksgiving weekend is huge, huge, right? And uh, my team won. The Huskies here up here in Seattle. They're in the top. I believe they'll be in the top four. Well, they are in the top four. They'll be if they can win uh, next week. They will be playing. They will be in the college playoffs, and that's great, man. They're twelve and zero. I love it. I love it. Last time, I remember when they went thirteen and zero, and then they had to share the championship with Miami. It was horrible. But I've digressed. I'm talking about sports again. Anyway, practice safe politics. Where was I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Trump went to a football game, and the left freaked out because as he was arriving in his limo outside, you know, they they drive down the private road or the tunnel or whatever to the stadium. The crowd was booing, and they got video clips of this and went crazy on social media saying, oh, Trump is getting booed. We need more of this. The magic is over. The party's over. People hate Donald Trump. Listen to him boo. Listen to him boo. See, but that was all a lie. That was all a lie. 
when Trump arrived, the opposing team was being introduced and taking the field. That is what they were booing. They weren't booing Donald Trump. He coincidentally happened to arrive while they were introducing the opposing team. And so, of course, the hometown fans were booing. Trump wasn't even in the stadium yet. You know, uh, Biden had an outing this weekend as well. Let's take a look at the two side by side. You want to know what really happened at that football game? And if Trump got booed or not? Show your liberal friends this when they try to tell you that that happened. A tale of two worlds here. So there you go. There's the difference. And uh, a little bit later on in the game, a little bit later on in the game, this is Donald Trump from his box. These don't sound like booze to me. So there you go. You decide what's the truth. You're smart people. You have the ability to critically think. As American patriots and constitutional conservatives, you have more than two brain cells. So anyway, when your liberal friends try to say that, well, Trump got booed over the weekend, you can call bullshit, and there's the receipts right there that you can show them. If you want to look up the individual videos, they're all over Twitter. I would recommend, or X, I would recommend if your only place that you're getting information are places like Facebook, uh, I want to try to round out your repertoire a little bit get yourself on x okay get yourself on truth but x is going to give you the fullest experience of all the broad spectrum of news and political information and then you can check it all out and make up your own mind man we're all adults here we can we can do these things on our own right we don't have to have the media tell us what to do or politicians tell us what to think no 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 no, we don't need that stuff. But they do. And they continue to do so. And it's dangerously so. I showed you a clip last week of a, a congressman saying that Trump needed to be eliminated. That he cannot be president of the United States again. He must be eliminated. What exactly does that mean, eliminated? And then you see headlines like this. Now, this is a complete liberal rag. I get it. It's not something I make a habit of reading. I don't like to put garbage in because then you get garbage out. But this was a headline that came out. Here's what happens. This is Business Insider, actually. This is not the, this is, I'm going to show you the next, the next article next. But anyway, um, so Business Insider, this was their headline. Here's what happens if Donald Trump dies while running in the 2024 presidential election. That was on the, the 20, uh, was it 25th? Yeah, so the 25th. This was on the November 25th. The day before, on the 24th, their headline was, what happens if a sitting president dies 
while running for re-election. So I will at least give them credit in the fact that they they gave it uh, equal equal press, equal time. But why are they asking what happens if Trump dies before he's elected? He's not even the nominee yet. Although, like I said, he will be. He will be. And this is this is a this is the other uh, headlines I was talking about. Liberal reg. And look how they're trying to set everybody up. It's always and you saw it in the clips I played earlier. Not from just from the United States, but from Canada, from New Zealand, from Ireland. It's far right. Those far right wackos. Those MAGA type people. Those Trump type people. Those extremists. They're all on the same page. Misinformation, disinformation, climate change. It's globalism, people. It's all, they're all using the same playbook. Okay? These headlines, far-right MAGA theocrats. Most dangerous threat to America. Well, we already know that because Biden came out and already told us that the extreme MAGA Democrats were the greatest, that domestic terrorism was the greatest threat to the United States of America. Not China, not World War III, not massive inflation, not the invasion at the southern border. No, no, no. Domestic terrorists are the greatest threat. Well, since you're letting a ton of them come across the southern border, I might have to agree with you on that. But those aren't domestic people, are they? They're not citizens. They're illegals. And then the other headline there uh, from Salon, uh, Democracy's Last Thanksgiving. Such drama. Democracy's last Thanksgiving. Experts imagine America in a year if Trump wins the 2024 election. Oh my God, it would be be horrible. It'd be death and destruction and mayhem and chaos everywhere. World War Three, the end of life on Earth as we know it. <laughs> God, these fucking people. You know. <laughs> You can't take them seriously. These are, but their base eats it up, man. They got the useful idiots out there. They just, they just lick that stuff up. They spill it on the ground. They lick it up right off the ground. That's how much they're they're addicted to the information. How little they're able to think for themselves. It's pretty disgusting, really. The fact that that grown grown ass adults. Don't have the ability to digest more than one side of a of an equation and and come to a truth. There is only one truth. The ultimate truth, of course, is Jesus Christ. But stemming down from that comes freedom and liberty, and family, justice. Anyway, here's a little bit of weirdness, and this is I don't know. I mean, it is weird. It is weird. But is it um, is it funny? I think that this is this next little thing here is actually kind of dangerous, and I think it it sets sets up a, uh, a real slippery slope. When you everybody has a class now, right? It used to be just women, right, and then and people of color, and then it was gays, and then it was lesbians, and then it was trans, and then it was non-binary. They don't talk about Asians much because they take all the spots in the colleges. They're discriminated against more than anybody. But uh, 
everybody's part of a disadvantaged group, whether it's a woman, whether it's a gay person, whether it's a trans person, whether it's a non-binary person, whether it is, you know, you name it, everything except for a white male conservative, everybody is part of some sort of victim class. That's how they divide us. That's how they keep us after each other. That's how they control us. Is by pitting us against each other. Well, New York City, and this is why I say this is somewhat dangerous, is New York, uh, California, these places that put policies in place oftentimes are looked at as a model for other communist governors and mayors around the country. The extreme commie Democrats will go to no end, right? To separate people out by class, separate them out by size, separate them out by color, separate them by political belief, separate them by color, separate them by religion. I probably repeated one or two things in there. New York City. They have a, now have a law banning discrimination based on height and weight. It just went into effect. All New Yorkers, regardless of their body shape or size, I almost think that Chris Christie has something to do with this, right? <laughs> Fat fuck. All New Yorkers, regardless of their body shape or size, deserve to be protected from discrimination under the law. New York City Council Speaker Adrian Adams and Councilman Sean oh, Abreu said in a joint statement, Sunday, this was over the weekend. Body size discrimination affects millions of people every year. Well, yeah, because 42% of Americans are fucking obese. 42% of Americans are obese. Anyway, body size discrimination affects millions of people every year, contributing to harmful disparities in medical treatment and outcomes, blocking people from access to opportunities and employment, housing and public accommodations, and deepening existing injustices that people face. The statement added, New York City is leading the nation with this groundbreaking discrimination law. So, fat people, people who can't take the fork out of their mouth, people who, for the most part, don't eat right, they don't exercise, they cause our insurance rates to go up. Oh, this article, by the way, went on to say that there is no proof that being overweight is connected to being unhealthy. What? I don't think there's too many doctors out there that would agree with that statement. And again, 42% of America is obese. You know what? This, this is crap. And here, here's where it's going to come into play. And, and Follow me here for a minute. Now imagine a uh, high school student who's obese, like morbidly obese. And they can't fit in the, you know, the desk chairs. You know, I think they still have those. It's a chair with a desk that circles around the front of it, curves around the front of it like a hockey stick. If they can't fit in there, well, now all the public schools in New York City are going to have to accommodate them. They're going to have to order special desks. They're going to have to make special accommodations for people who can't take the fork out of their mouth and fit into their desks. What about, uh, oh, I don't know, airline seats? Hmm? It, they shouldn't have to pay for two seats just because they're fat. They should get a free seat. So they should, they should get two seats for the price of one just because their fat ass takes up two seats. How about that? How about public buses, public transportation? You name it. Use your imagination. Use your imagination. Where are, are 
obese people not accommodated? Where can they possibly claim discrimination? Where are the lawsuits going to go with this? Because you know they're going to come. Now fat people have a reign to say they were discriminated against because they're fat, because they couldn't fit in a chair, because they couldn't fit in an airline seat, because they were trying to try out for the, uh, I don't know, the track team. And because they were fat and slow, they didn't make it. They can probably sue for that because that's discrimination too. Hey, yeah, yeah. Man, oh man. Okay, one of the big things going on there over in uh, Ireland this weekend was the uh, they had a, a Algerian immigrant. He'd been there for a long time. In fact, he's a citizen. But in order to keep your citizenship as in Ireland, you need to uh, live by certain standards and follow their laws. This guy did neither. And he was, first, the Algerian, Andy No uh, put this out. So the, and this is kind of a, uh, this is kind of a, a synopsis of the story, a real summarized version. The Algerian immigrant in D- Dublin accused of carrying out a mass stabbing attack. By the way, no gun involved here. Still a mass attack. Knives work too. In fact, knives cause more uh, injury in violent attacks than, than firearms. But let's not let facts get in the way, right? Um, a mass stabbing attack on children had been arrested this year on suspicion of possessing a knife. He'd already been arrested earlier this year for possessing a knife. But he wasn't convicted. He was previously supposed to be deported. But one of them woke-ass NGO groups, activists, stepped in. He was going to be deported. And some woke-ass activist groups stepped in and said, oh, you can't do that. And they saved him. He got to stay. And then he went ahead and stabbed the little girl and some other people. He never should have been there. He never should have been there. And it's crazy to think that you, this person was supposed to be deported. He got another chance. He'd been arrested for having a knife earlier in the year. And then goes ahead and commits a heinous mass stabbing crime. And now they're going to have to prosecute him. And he will become a ward of the state. And they'll have to continue to pay for that for who knows how long. Hopefully the rest of his life. Because they probably won't deport him. But but who's, you know who's in trouble? So mass riots broke out across Ireland because they're tired of the illegal immigration. They have they have a massive problem there, just like we're creating here in the United States by having an open southern border, just like Europe has created over there, just like Spain and Italy and pretty much everywhere in the EU that has just let all these uh, radical Muslims come into their country and take it over. They went out, they called them right-wing radicals. They didn't, they thought it was, it was bad that this person who should have been deported, who should not have even been in the country anymore, went out and committed this crime. So they're the bad guy. And the, and the Irish police, the Dublin police, Irish uh, politicians, they came out and said, because the, the people of Ireland, of Ireland, the Irish people, not the immigrants, they're pissed. And they went out there and demonstrated that over the weekend. 
Conor McGregor was one of those. He didn't even, he wasn't there, obviously, but he's from Ireland. I hope that I don't have to explain who he is. Uh, so here's, here's the story. Over last week, McGregor has been outspoken about the impact mass immigration is having on his homeland. Remarking, Ireland, we are at war. In relation to the chronic housing shortage that has made basic living unaffordable for many citizens. This was his tweet, or his, uh, his post on X. Do not let any Irish property be took over unannounced. Evaporate said property. It's a war. It's a war. The article continues. Following the stabbing of three children by an Algerian migrant in Dublin, the former UFC champion condemned authorities for targeting Irish people who staged fiery but mostly peaceful protests in the response. Again, there was a massive response to this because they were protesting against mass illegal migration and immigration into their country. And again, that the authorities painted them as the bad guy. Connor came out, or this was his tweet regarding that. Innocent children ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Our chief of police had this to say on the riots in the aftermath. So he's basically just saying what the police, uh, that the chief of police said. Drew, not good enough. There is grave danger among us in Ireland that should never be here in the first place. And there has been zero action done to support the public in any way, shape, or form with this frightening fact. Not good enough. Make change or make way. Ireland for the victory. God bless those attacked today. We pray. Horrible. Well, the police in Ireland thought it was pretty horrible because they're now investigating him for online hate speech. They have they have a big law over there on online hate speech. So uh, McGregor's posts are being assessed by the Guardian, the Irish police, as part of an inquiry into dissemination of online hate speech. All he did was make a couple of tweets condemning the psycho who stabbed three children. And he's the one being investigated for online hate speech. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a, this is not a recent video, but I, I think this is what, uh, this is when Connor McCrager has been a, a controversial figure for years. He's very outspoken. He says what's on his mind. He doesn't give a fuck. He's the honey badger. I kind of think that this is going to, this is, this is probably his universal response when people don't like what he has to say. Listen, I've spent a lot of time, Joe, slating everybody in the company. Backstage, I'm starting fights off everybody. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the <laughs> he wants. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Never apologize, people, for speaking the truth. Never apologize for expressing your opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to disagree with others' opinion. As long as it doesn't get violent. 
Sticks and stones. Remember when the world was that simple? Sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. I remember that. I've got some uh, lower thirds here going crazy all on their own. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Working with this new software. I feel like I'm punching buttons all over the place. But uh, remember that? Sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. You get hurt on the field, I'll just rub a little dirt in it and get on the way. Go ride your bikes for hours. No cell phone. No way to check in. Simpler times. Better times in many ways. The thought police, the globalists, who want to control your lives, right down to what you eat, where you live, what information you're exposed to, is a threat. Not just to democracy, but to freedom and liberty worldwide. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. I appreciate it as always. I made it through the show. My throat's really harsh right now. I'm going to have to go. Uh, maybe, I'll, I might go, maybe I'll sip a little bit of whiskey. That usually helps a little bit. I should probably drink water, huh? I'll probably sip whiskey. Anyway, uh, I made it through the show. Thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. That's where you can find all the videos I put up and all the cool uh, stuff and, and statements and things. You can find the stuff there. Anyway. Check me out at rumble.com slash the nun report. I'm on all the socials at the nun report except TikToks. I don't do that commie BS, but I'm telling you what, I might be rethinking that. I'm I'm just letting you know up front. I've been a staunch uh you know against that big time because it's the Chinese platform. But as I said at the top of the hour, that's where they that's where the young people are. And if I can get on that platform and and reach even a few of them, then it will have been worthwhile. We'll see how long I last. I mean, I can get pretty edgy sometimes, and I know that they have a strict code of conduct on there, kind of like Facebook does. <laughs> I might not last, but uh, who knows? I might I might give it a shot. We'll see. Well, I'll be a TikToker. How about that? Uh, on Twitter, I'm just at NunReport, not at the NunReport. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can link into everything right there, one stop, one shop, easy peasy. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.